Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on any streaming platform and following us on social media as we continue to bring you guys the latest in sports. This week, another amazing episode. We get ready with the Heat in the playoff push. The Panthers are already in playoff mode. Chelsea with a terrible weekend. We have an amazing UFC 262 card, and of course, you know I got. Gotta check in with my Marlins on their road trip. So it's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Let me tell you something about the game that I went to last week, right? Talk my my cousin Axel. Um his son, his oldest, Dominic, he had a championship game, right? All these boys are like 15, 16 years old. So the, the game was supposed to be the previous week, got rained out because they play on an outdoor court. Mm. And I was thinking, man, I remember being that age and like playing for like a rec league or something like that um, and playing in a championship game. And I was wondering to myself, I, how intense are these kids going to be, you know? Yo, when I pulled up to that court, I can't tell Shocked. you. I was shocked, bro. Everybody. How old? How old for reference? 15, 16 years old. So at least three kids had brand new shoes. Mm. Brand new shoes. You could tell, right? Because they were squeaking on an outdoor court. <laughs> That's two Dead new. giveaway. Dead giveaway, bro. And everybody fresh cut, brand new sleeves, brand new this. Like, yo, it's incredible. Oh, it's changed? Oh, yeah, man. We used to, we used to be rocking... Chuck Taylors to play ball. All right, whatever shoes. Everywhere. Now the they same got like the shoes that you, Kobe's, that you walked around in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You didn't have basketball shoes. You had nah. everyday shoes. I had tennis shoes, son, that I played ball in. Then you played everything in. <laughs> Shit. And, man, you know, my, my nephew's team was down pretty much the whole game, bro. And this kid ended up scoring a three to bring him in to two points, mm. right? They were down literally the whole game. They started the second half being down at 16, 18 points. Came back. He hit a three to bring him within two, right? Got a steal. Got a foul. Made two clutch free throws to tie the game. And then had another assist to the guy after the defensive stop. He had a game, dude. He had to be Bro, the MVP. 33 points. Had like eight rebounds, seven assists. No, he balled. He balled. Wow. Out of the 52 awesome. points, it was 52 to 50, and he had like 33 points. That's that's amazing. The kid's a stud. Shout out to Dominic. Dog. Shout out Dominic. Proud man. of you, kid. Shout out Axel. But, but that type of intensity, bro, was felt throughout the whole game. You know, the whole game. And that's what it's about when it comes to playoff basketball. Mm -hmm. You know? And we're seeing that with the Heat. Mm. Because the Heat were creeping up into the playoffs, right? And everybody knew what was on the line. We had to get into the best position possible for fourth place, right? Because we wanted to avoid certain matchups. We obviously wanted to avoid being in the play-in tournament. We wanted to avoid being in, you know, having to play Brooklyn or something like that or Philadelphia in the first round or some shit like that, you know? And we were able to avoid that, but not due to our own hands. You know, we had that one misstep where we lost against Milwaukee. You know, we had won three games before that. We had beat Boston twice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um we ended up smacking Philly 106 and 94, which is pretty cool because in that game we saw UD, the mayor, you know, punk uh, Dwight Howard, man, in front of all his boys he and gave shit. Him the business. He literally gave him watch the business. Your mouth. I mean, I think he kind of <laughs> knew what he was getting into, right? He's like, well, I'm going to play this my last game probably. Um, definitely going in there to give up my six fouls, and I'm just going to be UD. You know, and if somebody fucks with me, then they're going to get it. And they definitely, it just so happened to be that Dwight Howard, bro. He yep. threw him on the ground on like a shot that, you know, was kind of like a dirty play. And as soon as that, that was over, bro, he went straight into his face, put his finger in his face and was like, don't you forget who I am. I'll kick <laughs> your ass here and in the back, in the back of the, or the parking lot, bro. And, and it was fun to see that. But what was better to see is the Heat playing with that type of intensity, you know, that type of aggression, the we're not going to be pushed around attitude. You know, we're going to come out here and be physical. We're going to be the enforcers, and we're going to put on our will. We're not a bunch of pretty, no, like, you know, famous names and this and that. Nah, we, we come to work, and they showed that. You know, it just so happened that it didn't come through uh, or to fruition against Milwaukee. You know, we were pretty much down from the get-go, and it was a really, really rough game. They shot the lights out from three. 
which can happen because they they're a very talented team, you know, especially with Chris Middleton being there, uh, Giannis obviously improving his game and, and stretching it out, being able to shoot from farther and farther. I just expected more dog in the fight. And I guess like the boys were tired or something, but well, had had they won that game, I don't know how it would have shaked out because we ended up in the sixth position because Atlanta took care of their right. business, right? They won the two games against Washington and even New York. They held on home court um, because they were able to beat Boston on their home court, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's tough, man. I'll tell you what, man. We we went 2-1 this season against the Bucks. No, we lost all three games, bro. We lost all three of them. And Jimmy missed all three games. Well, that was That's the be key my, factor. I thought, I, I thought it was 2-1, but we lost all three, and that was my next point was that Jimmy wasn't in any of those games. Nope. And we know what can happen when Jimmy plays. Now, Milwaukee went and made a couple additions on the you know since last time we faced them in the semifinals, right? This, this mm-hmm. playoff first-round matchup is a, a rematch of the semifinals. They probably got the best point guard in the East, right, with Drew Holiday? Where, where we took them, you know, 4-1, right? Mm-hmm. Now they've added Drew Holiday. They, they've added a guy in, in Portis. Uh, two who's you know creating adding depth to that roster adding depth to that team as far as on the offense defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball you yeah. know what they need and you know it, when when Giannis is not in the game those guys can hold it down for him and that's that was the biggest thing that we strived on was when Giannis wasn't in the game they had Middleton nothing to rely on and yeah Middleton's great he's an all-star in his yeah but he's right. not a but he's not uh, he's not gonna change the game like a Steph right Curry single-handedly you know what I mean right 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 so for for going into this series man I, it's it's gonna be a different team I think we're a different team as well absolutely um but it's playoff basketball baby yeah you gotta it's love a it. whole different story it's now. a whole we different story now we start everybody starts back out at, fresh at ground zero 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 yeah. you know and interesting enough I kind of like where the he have come from and i'll tell you why right because you know we both know that the season started off pretty bad these guys were 7 and 14 to start the first 21 games of the season people were doubting if if they even had it some some people were even asking if the he were going to even make the playoffs can you believe that yes he's wearing (laughs) a black shirt in front of me huh huh oh yeah but um besides that you know you had you had you did have a lot of fans saying like yo when are these guys gonna wake up like what's going on Jimmy's missing a bunch of games you know Bam is the only one playing well Duncan was struggling at the at the time and we just didn't see it to that same level that we anticipated right we saw that great finish to the season last year and we were like well when the season starts this year everybody's gonna be ready but obviously with all the the, the stuff that happened with COVID and no training camp being pushed back. 72 game season and all this stuff it was it was crazy the heat you can definitely look at them as a team that overcame adversity because they did miss jimmy for a lot of games you know they did start off bad and then they ended up going 33 and 18 the rest of the way you know which is really good man and hottest team in the month of may and hottest team in the month of may you know and a lot of that is attributed to our main guy which is jimmy butler you know and that's the reason why we got him you know we got him because we knew that he could be the guy you know, we knew that we had other guys that were coming up, i.e. Bam, but we we knew we had to rely on Jimmy, and he's really come through for us, bro. He's our MVP, and he, he should be considered. I mean, I know he's not going to win it, you know, which is whatever, but he definitely should be considered or at least looked at and be like, yo, this guy's a real freaking difference maker when it comes to the Miami Heat, which is a good team. He, he is. He is the Heat's MVP. To your point, you know, yeah. but he's not the league's MVP. The you nah. got Steph Curry, the things that he's doing. I mean, even Russell again with his triple double season. You can argue those two guys right there. There's a couple other guys that come to mind league wide before Jimmy. But I completely agree. He's our MVP. Without him, we would not be here. No, 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 no. We would not, dog. We would be a really bad team. Yeah. And not, would, that's not to say that it would be a horrible team without Jimmy. Yeah, man. And not to say that oh, the rest of the guys on the team suck. It's not that. It's just that. Man, he elevates us. You know, he elevates us to a different stratosphere where yep. we can compete against those tough teams like we're going to have to do against Milwaukee, you know. We know that this playoff appearance is going to be tough. You know, it's not going to be the same Milwaukee team because they literally reloaded in the spots that we knew were their weakness and we attacked them. Right. Right. We attacked them all day long when it was with Drogic and the pick and roll and all the stuff because we were taking advantage of their of their point guard. But now they have Drew Holiday. A legit two-way threat, a guy who can score whenever he needs to and will. And we have a guy who's really good on the defensive end, you know, who can, you know, cause disruption. And that in itself is worth a lot when it comes to defensive possessions. You know, you got to really lock down when it comes down to playoffs. I know a lot of, of the experts, quote-unquote, 
experts, quote unquote, want to pick the Bucks and say, yeah, you know, the Bucks have Giannis and this and that, and you know they're going to cruise right through the Heat. Yeah, they're favorites right now. They're the, favorites. The Heat are and, two, and plus cool. two forty, two fifty underdogs right now. Yep. So and for, for you gamblers out there, make them fucking money. I, I because I like that that right there for the Heat. I'll tell you why because I feel like this last game, right? They said Jimmy had issues with his back and all that shit, but let's be honest. If it was a playoff game, he would have played. Right. Right? So that tells me one of two things. Either the Heat were okay with him missing the game, right, and saying, you know what, we don't want to show you what we have in plan for you with the Bucks. We're going to keep that a secret in case we end up matching with them, which is pretty freaking smart if it comes to chess moves, right, where you're thinking about I'm not going to worry about the regular season. I'm going to worry about how I use Jimmy differently from last year when and if I do end up meeting the Bucks in the playoffs. And lo and behold, it just so happens that we meet them up in the first round. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that they're going to attack us different. Like, that's a fact, right? But I'm also very confident in the fact that we're going to attack them different because we have different weapons now. We have Ariza. We have Deadman. Those are two key, key pieces like on the those. defensive side. I like side. those two additions, man. We So last year, we went out and go and get... Jay Crowder and uh, I think with Crowder we got does that Myers Leonard was that yeah, when he came yeah, over yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. we had both Which, of those guys. You know, for the Myers playoff, didn't right? do as much, but Crowder did a lot more for us. Then we end up losing both those guys and late in you know same style this year late in the season we grabbed Deadman and Ariza. Granted, we got Oladipo part of the, all that too, but he hasn't done anything for us. But these right. two guys, you know, have Oladipo, really contributed. Oladipo had the most to, to, to do, right? Yeah. He had the highest we, expectation going absolutely. into it. With these guys, it was already like we were playing with house money, and they, they are exceeding our expectations right now. I love what those guys are doing for us. No, for sure. And, and you know that the Heat, right, specifically when we got those guys or when we attempted to get them, it was like, okay, we have a specific role for these guys in mind that if we're able to get them, it's like, damn, this is a little game changer for us because now we're able to open up a lot more weapons that we already have in-house, especially Deadman. Him being there on a defensive end means that Bam's going to be able to cover Giannis anywhere, everywhere. He, Bam doesn't have to protect the paint anymore. Ah, I don't need that. I got Deadman down there. He's going to bang. He's going to block the rim. You know what I'm saying? I got a big center down there who can hold me down. Yep. Now I can bother Giannis the whole game and really attack them on, like, the perimeter and not let him get into a floor or, you know, um, a momentum where he's heading towards the basket with one or two dribbles. Right. That's a really good defensive matchup for us. I really like that. I posted it up on the Instagram the other day, and I was like, this is the worst nightmare that these guys have. Bam, covering Giannis everywhere on the court without having to sacrifice somewhere else. Because even when Bam's on the floor, I got a real good feeling we're going to see Bam, Ariza, Jimmy on the floor, Deadman on the floor, and maybe a shooter, a yeah. Duncan or something like right. that. On, and, and those guys are going to get minutes because we're going to say, you know what, we're going to clamp you down. Yeah, we may not be able to score, but guess what? We're going to stop you from scoring every single time. And that's going to be one of the keys, man. Ariza, Deadman, the type of defense those guys provide. Obviously, you know, we're going to need Hero, man. We're going to need him. He's He's been very absent lately, you know, offensively. Um, I was looking at it today. He shot 35% from the field goal from the field in the month of April. That's rough. For like a shooter, rough, especially. rough for a guy who's uh, known to be a scorer. Right. And we saw him do it last year in the bubble, so we kind of need him to step it up right now. Jimmy is balling. Bam, balling, right? We got Kendrick Nunn doing his thing. His injury kind of scares me, but if he can do come back and be 80 percent healthy 85 percent healthy i'll take that right you know you got duncan robinson who is finding a really good streak of shooting right now like he's finding his form bro because he's shooting everything without hesitation you can tell he's not thinking about it right you know he's just shooting whether it goes in or not he doesn't care i'm gonna put up my 12 threes a game and i love that attitude Mm -hmm. from from we need that you know and look i want to give him a special shout out because he i think he's played every single game or he's appeared in every single game in the last two years first he player to do which is you know huge and, you know, some people take him for granted because when he sucks, he sucks. Right, yeah. You know, when he's off, he's off. He's one of, he's one of those guys but, that we only like him when he's on fire. But or, when he, I, not, not us per se, but people in general. I you feel know, you. You're a casual Heat fan. Yeah, man, but you got to consider too, dog, that that's the life of a shooter, you know? That's the life of a shooter. Not every shooter is going to be a Steph Curry where they're going to hit 40%, 45% from right. three. It's just not going to happen with the rest of the guys. And Duncan is a really good shooter. So even if he's at 38, 37, that's awesome, and I'll take that every day of the week. You know what I mean? So him, Hero, uh, Reza, Deadman, 
those role players, those are going to be the guys that I look at game in, game out to see what, what they give us. Because I know what to expect from Jimmy. I know what to expect from Bam. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that Bam surprises all of us and blows up. You know what I'm saying? It goes crazy, starts averaging 25 points a game and, you know, really shutting down Giannis and, and attacking the rim, dunking, shooting, and just goes off. I'm hoping he goes off. And this is the, the year that, or the playoff series where he's where he like, you know, solidify himself. he can solidify himself and say, you know what? I'm that guy. I am that guy that they talk about like this. And watch me show you. So you what know? do we got? When do we start? Uh, the playoffs start the 22nd. We have the playing game start. Uh, well, you guys are listening to this today, which is Tuesday. We got the playoffs starting tonight. You know, we got some interesting, interesting matchups. Let me tell you, bro. The Lakers. The what? The Lakers are in the playing tourney. The Lakers are in the playing tourney, bro. They're lucky they're even in that, man. They haven't had LeBron or AD all year. Well, I don't know how lucky they are because now they got to play Golden State. Yeah. Who's on, who's, <laughs> who's on, who's fire. on fire right now? And Steph you, is on fire. And you got a Steph Curry who's literally untouchable, bro. That guy looked like a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> With the way he was screaming the other night, man, and just making Ripping shot after shot. Like yeah, Baron you know. Davis. Yeah, bro. Like that's that's scary stuff. If if you ask me, man, I don't want to be the Lakers facing them, those guys right now. You know, I definitely don't want to be those guys. Um, but the play on the playing games are as follows for the East. We got the Hornets facing off against the Pacers. Right, and we got the Wizards playing the Celtics. Now that matchup right there is going to be interesting because Washington has been really good lately. We've seen Westbrook doing his thing with the triple double, and Beal looks like he's starting to get healthy. He's not a hundred percent healthy, but he looks like he's starting to find his form. And Boston has been kind of shaky, a little lackluster recently. They've yeah. been shaky. They lost Jalen Brown. Taco Fall just got posterized the other day. Mm. And uh, and remember boy, what Jason I was Tatum. saying. Jason Tatum's kind of taking. Uh, a he's step a baller. Down. He's a he baller, is, man. But he he needs to step it up now more than ever. Just remember what I say. What I said, and continue to say about their coach. This is a good opportunity for him to prove how good of a coach Absolutely. he is. You know? And then on Wednesday night, we have in the West Coast, we have the Spurs taking on the Grizzlies. And like we mentioned earlier, the Warriors and the Lakers facing off. And those games in itself were going to be crazy. Crazy. It's going to be crazy. But I kind of like the new format, you know, where you have it. I kind of prefer that they do just 10 teams, you know, and just say, hey, the top 10 teams make it. But this one-game playoff thing is pretty cool, too, because it gives those non-basketball fans that only like playoff basketball or exciting big-game basketball, um, it gives them an opportunity to figure out more about the potential matchups that they're going to be looking forward to. Right. So let's see what happens, man. Let's All see right. what happens. But when it comes down to the Heat, before we even play a single game against the Bucks, I'm yes, going to tell you this. Giannis is not going to be able to do Giannis things. I'm, I really feel like Bam is going to come out and shut this guy down a la KG style. You know, when KG will get somebody and just go, guess what, you're not scoring shit tonight. He's going to do that, to Giannis. Now, I'm not saying he's going to hold him down all the games, but he's definitely going to check him and make sure that he, like, does not ball off. It's going to be ball tough. Off. He's a tough animal to contain. But I trust him, Bam. Me, so I, I can't help but notice you're putting that hard G on Giannis. Yeah. You know, you know the Greeks. They 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 pronounce it Giannis. I don't like care. A y. I'm in okay. America. All right, just making sure. I'm in America, baby. Just, I didn't know if it was that kind of nah. Day. I'm in America, baby. <laughs> and as an American, Giannis, Giannis, it's all you know. Tomato, tomato. I'm picking the Heat in six. Woo! That was my next question to you. Is what's up? Where are we nah, going? But if Heat in six, Heat in six, bro. Like I I I, I think it's uh it's gonna be Heat in seven. And the reason I think it's gonna be Heat in seven is because of the fact that. I think that it's a different Bucks team than we played. I think there's a chip on their shoulder, right? And uh, I think they're going to put up a good fight. But at the end of the day, I think we have their number. Yeah, for sure. I agree. If you look at the intangibles, who's got the better coach? We do. Who has the better playoff experience? We do. Who has the star power? Okay, they do. Who's second in star power? Better, deeper rotation? Probably us. So I get it. I get it that you want to put the Bucks as a favorite and because of Giannis and all this stuff and Jeru Holiday and all of that. I get it. But the Heat have always been that team that never get that respect unless we have a star, a superstar. Because even when we had Wade, prime Wade, it's not like people were give, like just rolling out the red carpet saying, yeah, the Heat are on their way to the finals. You know, they've always doubted us. So as a Heat fan, I'm used to it. I'm used to being the underdog. And guess what? Us as a franchise, we're used to it. And I'll put my money up with Spo against any coach in the East. So off that alone, I'm taking the Heat because I trust Spo. He's the better coach. And then on top of that, if you ask me who's the bigger dog, 
who's the biggest dog in this fight? It's Jimmy Butler. Mm. You know, he's got heart. He's got determination. He's got will. He's strong did, he will. He did it for us before. He can do it again, he's, man. No, he's Jimmy dead set on doing it, dog. You know, if you look at his attitude, if you look how he plays and, and how he's willing this team to win, you can tell that this is what he had in mind, you know, to be that guy and make playoff runs, dog. So it starts with the Bucks and Heat in six. Let's get it, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Heat. Vamos. <laughs> oh, you know what time yes, it is. Yes, sir. Panthers hockey, baby. I we wish, live. I wish that we could be a little bit happier talking about Damn, this. dog. But we lost. Tough loss last first night. First game against the Lightning. On Sunday night, man. 5-4. Uh, oh, what a down. game, man. Hell of a freaking game, man. Hell of a freaking game. And it was what we expected between right. these two teams, right? Like high intensity, high physicality, mm. um, a lot of offense, a, a lot, lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth action, right? Quick passes, um, and a lot of penalties. <laughs> a lot of, you know, a lot of penalties. It was a very highly contested game, bro. And it got hot. It got hot quickly. You know, I remember in the first three minutes of the game, there were already like four scuffles. I was like, yeah, these guys are, these guys are gonna be in it for the long, long haul. But the game was super exciting, man. And like you said, it was just. Rough that we ended up coming out on the wrong side of the result because I, f I really did feel like the Panthers played better than Tampa Bay, but just had some bad freaking luck happen to them, bro. Yeah. Like, even the first goal that we gave up, that we, we got, you know, uh, that it was very set up nice, you know. We, we got the lead, and it was like, man, you know, damn, let's go. Panthers are going to be able to find a way to, you know, put the pressure on Tampa Bay to continue scoring, right? And Tampa Bay obviously came back and evened it up. We had another goal in the first period. Well, the, very, the very first goal in the first period that we scored, they took away from us because yes, because of the that, touching the goalie's that, hand. No, let me tell you something. I'm so glad you brought that up, bro, because that shit had me really mad, and now I'm even madder thinking about it, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I irked you again. Nah, man, I'm mad, dog. <laughs> I'm not pissed. I'm mad. And let yeah. me tell you, bro, because it was a clear, clear, clear cop-out. It was a clear cop-out because the guy whose goalie completely flopped. He knew he couldn't get to the puck. Nobody was in the crease. Nobody even freaking touched the guy, but they want to call the goalie interference. Not once was anybody even physically touching the goalie when all of that was happening. Not before the shot, not before the rebound, not before they both tried to poke it in. And they both have a right to try to push that or poke it in because it's a loose puck. Right. It's not like the goalie had yeah, no like the glove over it. There's no possession, none of that. You know, And the fact that they didn't even go to the replay to really sort it out and take their time and say, okay, let's get all the angles. Let's look at it. Because if they would have looked at it from up top, which was the clearest freaking angle available, they would have seen that, that it wasn't a, any type of interference. And the Panthers would have had probably a 2-0 or 3-0 lead going into the end of the first period. And who knows how that would have changed the rest of the game, yeah, you know? Absolutely. That so shit was bullshit. They call that one back, so that was just the start of it there, you know? And then they go off, like you said, and they scored. Right. Think about it. I don't know if that first one came off a power play. It did. It came off a power it play. It did. And, and which again, it was... They're, 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 to their credit, though, they're, we cannot be... Uh, how can I put this? We cannot find ourselves in that situation because Tampa Bay... The, the reigning champs, they take advantage of those power play moments. Bro, they're going to take every advantage of every single call. And you could tell that there was some slight favoritism in their in their direction. And definitely had to do with the fact of them being champions. A lot of the Panthers players are like first-time playoff appearances and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe they don't have that respect. But even on that power play goal that you mentioned for the first goal, um, it clearly was... Off of the back of us not getting that call, they call the interference, we get the goal back, and then boom. You know, it's just frustrating, bro, because there was a lot of calls that didn't go the Panthers' way that ended up going the Tampa Bay Lightning way, and they were able to capitalize that because every time they had a play, a power play, it felt like they were getting clear shots on goal and scoring, mm -hmm. you know? And that should change the whole outcome of the game. Yes. So in the first period, we see three goals go in. And then crazy first period. Crazy first period. Second period, we got totally dominated. Tampa Bay completely took control of the game. They scored two goals, kept the Panthers out of the goal um, for the entire period. And I felt like at that point, the Panthers were just really frustrated. You know, they were like, damn, you know, none of these cars are going our way. We're not getting any of the bounces. Nothing is literally going our way. How are we going to be able to change this? Yeah, but then early in the third period. Oh, yeah. 
we bounce back. We saw that fight. You know, we saw that fight from the Panthers, which we expected to be there pretty much the whole game. So it was surprising to not see them come out like that in the second period. But in the third period, they did come out like that with that fighting spirit and say, you know what, we got to get after it. They scored two quick goals, take control of the game, and literally had it on cruise control up until like 10 minutes. Yeah, we were up 4-3. Up until like 10 minutes left in the third period, boom, Tampa Bay equalizes. Well, let's talk about that fourth goal then. How did that fourth goal play out? Well, if you think about it, it came off another power play, right? Where there was a, a obvious f- foul on, I think it was Barkov, because he was in the middle of the ice, and he had just received a pass from a defenseman. And when he turned to go, the guy clipped him. Nobody said nothing. nothing. Not one whistle, nothing. Whole Panthers bench is in a freaking uproar. Panthers freaking coach is almost throwing his towels and water bottles on the ice just to get the attention of the ref. Nothing. About 35 seconds later, here comes Tampa Bay. Um, somebody, uh, you know, where we get called for that same guy retaliating on the, the guy who gave him the hit. He pushes him into the board, gets a charging call. Now he's in the box for two minutes. And, of course, Tampa being Tampa. They take advantage of mm-hmm. it. Score within, I guess, like it was. I think it, I think it was something crazy, like they forty-five up, seconds. They ended up getting the one-on-one on that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. And they scored to tie the game. Boom. So now it's four-four. So now these guys are going back and forth, right? There's five minutes left in the game, and the Panthers are really putting on an offensive slot onslaught on the goal on Tampa Bay's goal because they're literally shooting everything and they're playing the puck into the bottom of the ice, bottom of the ice, and just trying to find a way to get shots on goal, and it's not happening. And what I noticed was. Man, everybody from from the the even the defensemen, they were too inside the the blue line. You know, way too inside, too deep into that that Tampa Bay zone. And there were a few occasions right towards the end of the game where Tampa Bay was clearing the puck, or they got to get a hold of it, right, and get possession. And their defensemen were able to look up and sling a pass out there over the two lines and find somebody who's cutting in towards the goal on, on the Panthers. Now, thankfully, the first couple of three times that it happened, we got away. So people were able to get back. Um, we were able to, you know, poke it away, whatever, and play some really good defense. But you could tell that that's what Tampa Bay was looking for. They were looking for that spring trap where they get everybody to suck in, suck in. All right, let's get the puck and boom, speed it out to one of the point, to one of their speedsters. And sure enough, it happened. Yeah. With like a minute left in the game, yeah, they find Brady Point. Left, they end up going up one goal on us. And look, that was a clear breakaway. We were just talking about it like two minutes ago. You know, when you get a breakaway like that in almost any sport, you think to yourself, I got to score. Whether it's basketball, soccer, one-on-one with the goalie, whatever, right? Capitalize. You're capitalizing. You got to capitalize. Especially on a one-on-one. And they did. And the guy, and Braden Point did. You know, shout out to him for making that goal. But it came down to the last second. Last second. Because we literally had a shot in the last, in the closing seconds, closing moments of the game. Almost for a goal, he did, we just pushed it out. I think a little too far, right? Yep. yep. On the uh, you know, on the shot, but it, we almost had a chance to tie it up. And, and, and how crazy would that have been? Uh, it would have been one ins- of this of this series going into overtime. It would have been insane, and and the stadium, would, the BB&T Center, would have gone nuts. And look, they were going nuts throughout the whole game. You know, shout out to everybody who showed up to that game because it was loud the whole game. It was loud. You could hear the fans really cheering on the Panthers and getting behind them. You know, kind of like we were doing at home. But it's it's good to give them that environment because. You could tell that the fighting spirit was in them, you know, and they really um, reacted to the fans' support. So it was really dope to have that and see that. And I'm just hoping that we bounce back, man. Yeah. We got a big game next. Next, uh, I think I think we are going to bounce back, man. I think yeah. we absolutely have to. The next game is tonight. You know, the the recording is coming out Tuesday. Uh, yeah, when you're hearing this, is Tuesday. We're playing this evening at what seven thirty? Eight o'clock. Eight, eight o'clock. o'clock. Game two. You know, Panthers down and. Let's see, man, because going into this, the Panthers actually had the advantage, 5-3 on Tampa Bay in the season. We played them eight times, we ended up winning five times. So even though Tampa Bay is probably the more talented team, right, offensively, I just feel like the Panthers have the bigger guts, you know, the bigger marbles, let's say. We're the number one contenders, man, and we're coming for that title. Absolutely, bro, and and it's going to be interesting how, how we bounce back. I'm really hoping that we beat them 4-2, 5-2, something like that, where That'd it's like nice. a dominating, dominating performance, you know. So that's what I'm 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 predicting for tonight's game. Five right. two Panthers. Let's, Let's go. go Panthers, baby. Let's go. I'm not playing it today. Nope, can't play the Chelsea. I'm not song playing today. it today, man. I'm disappointed. It's I'm a, disappointed in the boys. It's a rough, rough time to be a Chelsea fan right now. You know, it just speaks to what a freaking roller coaster of a club we are, man. Chaos and trophies. That's what we're known about. Chaos and trophies, and less trophies but more chaos. Break it down for me, man. What happened? We lose one zero. 
well, let's start with the midweek fixture, right? Okay. We lose to Arsenal, right? One oh, zero. Yeah, well, that's right. We haven't we we sat down before right. that Arsenal game and we lost that game. One zero, and and that game was weird because we knew that after the Manchester City win, right, and having that high, we knew that that we were gonna make some changes, right. So everybody expected some subs to come in on on that game. But I felt like Tuchel kind of outsmarted himself, right? Where he made too many changes, played with too many lineups, and there wasn't a cohesiveness on the on the field, right? There wasn't a cohesiveness. And you can tell because, you know, Jorginho made a terrible back pass to Kepa. Kepa's in goal. But in regular Premier League games, Mendy is at, is at goal, right? So Jorginho is probably used to more how Mendy plays and not so much to how Kepa plays. Even though the back pass was terrible, he should have looked up. He had plenty of time. He makes a terrible, terrible, stupid back pass towards the goal. Kepa has to dive to keep it out of the goal, which is already another <laughs> another foul, right? But credit well, to Arsenal for having the composure to clean up the mess and actually capitalize on it, right? Because it's not like they were going to dominate possession or the game against us. But they were able to, again, capitalize on that mistake that we had mm -hmm. and score the only goal of the game. And then what happens for the rest of that game? A ton of Chelsea possession, zero, zero um, accuracy or any type of creativity inside the 30-yard box. Nothing. All right, so we end up losing that game. And they thought that Arsenal was just going to sit there and take it. Correct. They weren't going to no, show up. We, we were expecting them to lay down. And obviously, they're, they're playing for for pride. You know, right. they're, they're currently still in range of, of making the Europa um, tournament for next year, you know, which belongs to fifth and sixth place. So they can technically still have a shot to make it. But, man, you know, Chelsea needing the points to solidify third place and solidify top four, it was a big opportunity missed. You know, it was a big opportunity missed. So then that led into Saturday's FA Cup match, right? Where it's like, and okay, I, man, I thought they were going to bounce back. Right. I thought they were going to come out super aggressive and bounce gun back. Gun ho. I thought we were going to come out gun ho. Guns are blazing, 50 shots, let's go. We did not see that. Did not see that at all. Why? And a lot of people point to the lineup, you know. The, again, I didn't like uh, starting Kepa at goal, right? Why? Because, yeah, you've played Kepa in FA Cup games and that tournament, whatever. That's cool. That's very admirable. But there's a trophy on the line. You go with your best players. You go with your best goalie. Mendy is our best goalie. Why not start Mendy, right? Why not start the guys that you would say, this is my best lineup or as close to his best lineup that I can right. do. Right? It's not like you're going to rest the guy. What are you resting him for? You you're know, not, you, that's not your excuse. You play you're Werner. You're trying to get creative. You're trying to get creative. You, you play Werner when he hasn't been playing that well, right? To be him, For him to be the sole threat up front of goal when he doesn't want to be in front of goal. He wants to go wide and attack wide. You don't sign, start Pulisic, right? You don't play Havertz up front. No Hudson-Odoi in the lineup. Kind of weird, you know, because as much as I like Hakim Ziyech, he hasn't been in the greatest of form. Werner, again, another person who hasn't been in the greatest of form. So those two guys starting an FA Cup final doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You go with the guys who you can say, regardless of numbers, this guy has been killing it. That's Pulisic, you know? That's Havertz. Because even though in these last four or five games that Havertz has played, he's looked as good as Werner, if not better. And this is a guy who's not really a, a central striker, but he can do those type of things. And he's very creative like that. And just having that missing from the lineup was tough, tough, tough. And even my buddies that are Chelsea fans that I was texting, you know, prior to the game and throughout the game, I was like, man, you know, it's tough to see this lineup. And something that I heard mentioned in the post game was two things, right? This team recently has looked a lot like Frank Lampard's Chelsea, where it was a lot of possession, us holding on to the ball, us trying to find a way to, you know, turn those shots or possessions into goals and not necessarily having somebody consistently converting goals. People look for Tammy Abraham, a guy who's XG, which is his expected goals, right? His, uh, his expected goal per game is pretty up there, 0 0.8, 0 0.9, something like that. Really high for a striker. And he hasn't been playing. But then you got a guy like Werner who's playing day in, day out, and his XG has probably been 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4 at best. So 
there's a lot of things that people can nitpick and look at stats and say, damn, Tuku, you know, you had a real opportunity to win a trophy, right, in English, in English football, which you've never done. And for a club like Chelsea, who's a prideful English club, man, you know, they really are. They take, you know, real pride in winning the FA Cup. They take real pride in winning the Carabao Cup and winning those English Cups because you want to be the best team, quote-unquote, in England, right? So let me ask you this because I'm a bit of a part-time conspiracy theorist myself. Hit me. And I know there's a lot of corruption in, in soccer, yep. right, in FIFA and all that. Yep. Is there a possibility that Tuchel was paid to throw this game? No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll give credit to Leicester City when it, you know, and say those guys executed their game plan okay. to a T, and they were th- making threats. They made threats. You know, whenever they had a chance to have the ball and 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 you know string together two three passes, they had dangerous moments. You know, obviously we have more corners and all that other stuff, possessions wise and all that all that good jazz, right? And their one shot on goal was the goal. And it was a hell of a goal. You know, and it came off some creative play. Some some say it could have been a handball. I thought it was a handball. These guys really didn't check it. They let the goal stand. And he hit a fucking banger. Mm. It happens in soccer. You know? It happens. It happens. He I hit a banger. Oh man, now you're just adding more to my theory. No man, because listen <laughs> At the end of the day, for him to make a goal from 35 yards out is hard. Hard. Guys like Ronaldo and Messi, they make that shit look easy. But right. if you're just a regular player, yeah. you know, and I say regular with no disrespect because you are one of the best a players in the world. Athlete. You're a professional athlete, you know. But if you're not like one of those superstars players, yeah, it's you're not making 35-yard goals every day. You know, especially in the top bins and stuff like that in spectacular for fashion in the big one of the biggest stage possible, you know. A lot of that has to add up to it. And look, man, Leicester had never won it. They've been to that competition six times, and this was the time that they won it. Right after, a year after their owner dies, and he was a huge fan of English football. So Storylines all around that. Storyline all over that club, you know, for them to win their first title, the son of the father who bought the team, like to go and celebrate with the team, and Again, all of them pointing to the dad's face I, who's I up really there. I really can't help but think this is all one big conspiracy. Nah, team. man. I mean, you just proved my point time nah, and time man. again. Because, look. It, <laughs> the storylines are there. You know, Tucho was paid off but i give it to you like this if you flip it if you flip it and say yeah chelsea wins right that's their ninth fa cup right which is nine in 25 years yeah super impressive are they paying for it now he's in the champions league final he finds himself winning all these trophies you know it could go both ways but in soccer it's crazy like that and again shout out to leicester city and their fans for congratulations getting to experience that you know, it's, again, a major, major trophy in England. And oh, yeah. they got to experience winning the FA Cup. So, shout out to them. So, let me but ask you this. now so we got a big over, matchup. What's next for the Blues? What's going on now? Well, now we have three finals coming up, pretty much. We have two games how left. That, how does that work? Because I, I say... to me like I'm five. Uh, I say three finals because every game that's left is a very important game, right? We have a matchup tonight or this afternoon, Tuesday, against Leicester City. And this is in the English Premier League. The winner of this solidifies top four for next year mm. pretty much you win this game and you're it for next year chelsea wins we go a clear point ahead of Leicester city we go into third place and now Leicester city has to hope that liverpool and west ham and those guys don't catch them so for chelsea it's a final you got to approach it like a final so it's going to be interesting to see the lineup that to, that the manager picks how does he bounce back because he has to come out with the strongest lineup Absolutely. like so I don't expect Werner to start. I don't expect like French players like Alfon- Alonso to play. I don't expect those guys to play. I expect our very best 11. Go win this game. You have to. Your coaching future <laughs> depends on this game. Right. Not the Champions League final. Because we could technically lose that game and still look at as our season and be as like. As a success. As a success because we literally lost to the best team in Europe. Right. City is that. They're one of the best teams. They can win any freaking trophy. So losing that game would not be a big deal. But losing out on Champions League football and losing that City game, that's a no-no. I don't care who the coach is. That's a no-no. So Tuchel has to win this game. So he has to come out with his hardest lineup. And then we got to, thankfully, we'll go a whole week, five days without playing again until we play Aston Villa on the road. And that's another team who like to play spoiler. And if we lose that game, we potentially lose out on Champions League football. So you have to treat that game like another final before you play an actual final six days later on Saturday the 29th. Right. You know? 
to face probably the, your hardest team yet because you know Manchester City is going to be well rested. They know that they won the, the English Premier League by now, right? So they're not worried about that. They're going to be fully focused on that Champions League final. And meanwhile, Chelsea is over here fighting for third place, fighting to stay alive, you know, coming off of two losses. How is Tuga going to manage this? I don't know. But I do know that I'll be watching. Yes, we're going to see what he's made of. You know, we're going to see what he's made of. Hopefully. And even f- more, more importantly, Doc, for the players, like it's going to be put up or shut up time because this manager is not guaranteed to stay. And that means that none of these players are guaranteed to stay. So, yeah, you might have come in last year or maybe the year before that, but that doesn't mean that you're not expendable in Chelsea Football Club. And unfortunately, we've shown that to be a true case at Chelsea, where if you're not playing well, you're not going to be here, bro. So let's see how Tucho bounces back. Hopefully we can get this game in and get this sound. Chelsea. Oh, we'll one get big to hear that again. You absolutely. Know? But one big thing, there are going to be fans allowed in the stadium for Tuesday's game. So awesome. Let's see if that makes a difference. Let's go. Let's, let's go, go Chelsea. Up the blues. Up the blues. Wow. Good fights during this weekend at UFC. 262, baby. 262. It was nasty. Hell of a card. It was a really good card, bro. I, re- I regret not watching it live. I did have to follow Go up back. on the highlights. Ha <laughs> ha, I, I had an early morning on Sunday, and I was in bed uh, to prepare for that, and I missed You missed out. Fights, but I got to catch up, and wow. Yeah, it was, it was man, freaking Dana, dog, in the UFC. He's, he's nasty when it comes to putting together fights, or his team, because they find ways to find entertaining freaking fights, bro. Like pumping it's, them out. They're pumping them out, man. Like this weekend, right? For instance, last preliminary main main event on the prelims, right? You had Jacare Souza, who's a obvious UFC legend, vet, you know, a real, real badass when it comes to MMA, right? He's finished a bunch of guys. He's fought for the title a couple times. He gets matched up against another Brazilian, Andre Munoz. And, you know, they were going back and forth a lot with how, who's going to be the better grappler and this and that. And, bro, that fight ended in vicious fashion because Andres was the definitely better grappler. He had him down on the ground and broke his arm. That like was just disgusting. snapped it. That's and two, with, two cards in a row where we see somebody break something. Like, breakage. Bro, and it was gruesome. <laughs> and we love it. Yeah, of course, right? You <laughs> kind of look for that. Um, but it was just weird how he had his hand trapped and couldn't get out of it, and you could just see it. And what really messed with me the most was not even the breakage, right? It was just how calm he was about it. He was like, like a, oh, this happens. This is regular MMA stuff, man. Like that monk that, yeah. you know, pictures of the monks that are like lit on fire and they're just sitting there peacefully. Dude, dude. He much, was just calm. He much just, respect. And again, both those guys had a lot of respect for each other after the fight, which was course. the best thing to see. And, right. you know, it was just an impressive fight, an impressive victory. I think that Munoz kid is going to be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, even we saw another Brazilian legend in Edson Barbosa. Yep. You know, he makes his second fight in, in featherweight. He drops down from lightweight. Um, the cut was too hard for him, bro, and you can see it, you know, because he's a genuinely bigger guy than a lot of those guys that fight at 135, and he looked pretty dangerous, man. You know, mm-hmm. he looked pretty dangerous. He, he had a little bit of a battle um, and had to fight back from adversity against the guy he was facing. Who did um, he fight? You got his name? Uh, his last name was, like, uh, Boyinrin, something like that. Um, worthy opponent, Rodrigo Bur- uh, Burginian, something like that. Worthy, worthy opponent. And he had him in a lot of trouble because Edison was, Edison was kicking him a lot and using that front leg kick and trying to get to that calf and really wobbled his leg a bunch of times. And it just so happened that, you know, Buddy was able to hold off through some of them and, and land some clean jabs, some clean hooks, and put some damage on, on Barbosa, you know. And Barbosa's leg kicks, man, it just started to wear Buddy down. And in the second round... It kind of like forced him to to lose his balance, and on one of them that he kicked him, he went down just an inch, and that was just enough for Barbosa to k- clip him with a nice little right hand hook. Caught him and clean. caught him, and he caught him so clean that Buddy was knocked out. And as he's falling back, he's like, you could tell that he was processing getting right. knocked out. What he's like, happened? oh shit, the lights are going out. Oh, oh, <laughs> That's what oh you're, yeah, I'm out. That's <laughs> what the narrator go, boom. It was at this moment he knew he fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, bro, and it was it was crazy because as soon as he hit the cage, right, that the ref, obviously he didn't, Barbosa didn't have to jump on top of him, but um, when the ref went to stop the fight, like, 
the dude had already snapped back to her, like, damn, he knocked me out, huh? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> you lost, you know? Yeah, and happened. Barbosa, again, looked very dangerous. And I'm I'm interested to see how he handles this lightweight division because the next two fights after that were in the lightweight division and they had some real killers. You know, you had Tony, Tony Ferguson, who was a real threat to this belt, right? Real threat, people thought, to Khabib because he gave him the best fight. People wanted him to see fight Connor and fight Dustin Poirier and fight for the belt. And yeah, but Tony he, was always he, up there. He was, but he's had a kind of a, a downfall these last two years, especially after that that injury that he, he mm-hmm. incurred. You know, he was walking off the stage after doing press and, like, tripped up over some cables yep. and tore up his knee. And yep. then he, never was, been like, the he same. was out of the title fight, and then he came back, and uh, he was never the same. Never the same. Never the same. And, you know... Benil Darush, who's Iranian-born, but he's an American, um, really put work. That dude's vicious. He's vicious. You know, he really put some work on this dude because he went out there with a game plan. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to back down. I'm going to give this guy everything I have offensively, and I'm just going to man him up. I'm just going to man him up. Whatever he does, I'm going to man him up. If he's going to throw blows, I'm going to throw blows. If he wants to wrestle, I'm going to out-wrestle him, you know? And he literally manhandled that fight. And he won unanimous decision. And more importantly, he looked impressive doing it because he he really had Tony Ferguson in a lot of dangerous, almost were to the point where anybody else would have tapped out. You know, there was a heel hook that he had him. And you can tell that Tony was in a lot of pain, in a lot of pain. And he still wasn't tapping out. He ended up heel kicking him to get out of it. But there was plenty of times where Ferguson was in danger. And, you know... Being the veteran that he is, he was able to find ways out of it, you know. But that's up to to Benil to learn from, right, and work on because he's going to have to face two guys, essentially, to get to that title shot. And both of those guys, well, three guys, essentially, and all three of them are killers, right? We have Charles Oliveira who won the fight. Right, he we'll won the belt we'll against, against Michael Chandler. No, we can get into it right, right now. now, right now, dude. Because dude, what a beat that was a that was a war. That was a war, you know, because those guys both came into it saying, this is my belt. This is my belt. Like, I should have been had this chance. I would have kicked Khabib's ass. I would have kicked Connor's ass. I would have kicked Dustin's ass. Whoever would have been the champion, they would have lost tonight. And that attitude was very, very prevalent from the minute one that the fight started, you know. The moment it got going, it was like, all right, we're at it. And Oliveira got clipped. He got clipped. Early on. Early, Early on. on, it looked good for, for Chandler, which he was doing what I thought he was going to do going into that fight. Yeah, he hit him with a bunch of combinations. He was really landing power punches. Even though he was a shorter fighter and gave up two inches on this on distance, I think it was like 74 to 72, he was able to be patient enough in the pocket and find his spots to throw and land punches. And he, he even cut Oliveira's eye and had him bleeding, you know, and... Had him in a real dangerous position towards the end of the first round where he had him up against the fence and he was really working the ground and pound game to an, you know, a high level. He was hitting him. He had him in dangerous positions. But I felt like Oliveira's jiu-jitsu and his experience in that was like, yeah, he could take the punishment and survive. And that's exactly what he did. You know, he took the punishment that, that Chandler was, was dishing out. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Chandler kind of got gassed out there because he went for it, feeling that Oliveira was kind of out of it. And I, he definitely misread the situation, bro, Absolutely. because Oliveira got up, you know, took his rest, and China looked a little bit more gassed. And Oliveira obviously was cut and bruised, but he was still in it. He was breathing calm. He kind of knew that he could find different opportunities. And, man, lo and behold, as soon as the second round started, he was able to, you know, use some leg kicks, find some distance, and ultimately clipped Chandler and knocked him out. And it was in the way that he did it, too, that he, you know, you were talking about Chandler was the one dominating with the combinations the way that Oliveira took him down was just that, man. He just one after another had him falling back up against the cage, stumbling and fumbling, and he, he really looked out of sorts. It was it was wild because I like Chandler. I like I like his style. I like the way that he fights. I like the you know the route that he took and you know how he how he won the championship. And here he is, just a few months later, defending that title. And he was he can still see that he had that same drive, that same hunger for it, you know, to mm-hmm. defend it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that also hurt him, you know, that also yeah. played against him because he he was so like itching to to knock him out and and prove his Correct. dominance, assert his dominance, Correct. where he needed to sit back a little bit more and pick his shots and and you know control the fight as a true champion would. And I think that this is going to be a huge learning experience. For Absolutely. Him. I mean, look, part of being a champion is assessing the situation at hand, right? When you're in a fight, being able to think clearly. 
And like we said, you know, both fighters were obviously tense going into the fight, but Chandler just looked gassed because he felt like he had it in his grip and just pressed everything on the gas pedal and said, go. As opposed to Oliveira, who stayed calm, cool, collected, and was like, I can take this and keep the fight going. Because he had an envision of fight going much longer, you know, not two, not two rounds. Especially Oliveira not being the quote-unquote powerhouse puncher that Chandler is, right? And much respect to Chandler because he was a Bellator champion in this division, you know. He was a champion at 145, a real exciting fighter, a real worthy of that title shot. Right, a real fighter that was worthy of that title shot, and you know he just didn't have it that night. He 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 misread Oliveira. He made some mistakes, some big mistakes, and Oliveira capitalized and and really showed what a champion's determination can do. Now, what's interesting is what's going to happen after the fight, right? Because now he we got a middleweight, cha- uh, lightweight champion now, right? And we got two guys that are potentially fighting for the title after that, right? And DP versus Connor. Both of those guys fight at that same weight class. I'm sure that one of them is going to want the, the belt once they win that fight, right? The winner of that fight gets Oliveira. But when does Dairouge get his chance? Because he looked just as impressive. So now I feel like, yeah, Khabib stepped away, but that deep, that's a deep, deep pool of talent in that division for, for the UFC. So they got a good problem on their hand, man. Yeah, and obviously Connor's going to be the biggest draw, so Dana is inclined to... You know, have that fight set up there for for that kind of draw. But I think out of those guys, I think you know, pending what happens in their future fight, I think Dustin deserves it the most right now. Yeah, as of right I, now, I think so too. And if he wins, I, like I said, whoever wins that fight is definitely getting the automatic title shot, mm-hmm. right? Don't yeah. be surprised if Oliveira's into the crowd that night, you know, to watch DP and Conor go at it, you know. And of yeah. course, we're gonna break it down here, but we'll wait for that day to come. Yep. But until then, that was a great fight, man. Yeah, looking Gotta, forward to the next looking card. Forward to the I'm going to make sure I plan. I don't plan the golf the next morning, and I have to be up and drive far distances because I'm a bit of an old man in my young age, and I, I like to plan ahead, and I don't <laughs> like to be late. So I do these things, and I just pass out. I like to sleep, man. So, what can I say? so next fight card, I'll make sure not to to plan golf the next morning there so I can go. stay up to watch them. But I'll tell you what I'll be watching this week. What's that? That's the PGA Yes, sir. The PGA Championship starts on Thursday, man. Starts this Thursday, baby, over at Kiwa Island in uh, in South Carolina. And the homie Colin Michael Morikawa. Morikawa. We talked close, about this. Close. I was close off the first rip. Leave the golf names nah, to nah, me. No, 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 no. You take all the other names. No, 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 no. But yes, Colin Morikawa, he is the, the, the defending reigning champ. defending champion going into this. I mean, golf has been crazy lately. And I've been on a little bit of a Masters hangover. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but usually after the uh, Masters, it's kind of like that's uh, the tournament of all like, tournaments. All right, that's it. Like it came, it went. You know, we got to see Hideki win, and then that's it. Like I've, I've kind of been out of golf. I haven't really been paying attention to it too much. I know that this past weekend they had the Byron Nelson, yep, um, and the winner went what 25 under yep. or something like that. Yep. I, I can't I, I can't even remember who won right now off the top of my head, but um, that that's how you know uninterested I was in that, but championships i mean majors there's only four of them they happen four times a year it just so happens that the super bowl of them goes first but there's still three other great tournaments right correct and this is the pga championship um has a huge purse a great field no and a great history behind it what more can you want no 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 it's a great great history behind it and you know we've had obviously memorable memorable championship tournaments where we've seen greatness you know not just a good tournament being played greatness you know you guys have like Tiger killing it on the PGA. You know, he dominated that tournament for so many years. And man, even for me, the the biggest story is the person who hasn't won it. Who can you guess who it was? Who? Who needs this to complete the career Grand Slam? Um I think you know. I don't know. Yeah, you know. I don't. He's left handed. Left handed a lefty would be I'm thinking Bubba automatically. Not. But Bubba doesn't have the other the other PGA championship or the other majors. It's Phil, bro. Phil is missing the PGA championship. That's the one tournament that he hasn't won. Jeez. Oh, man. See, I'm not even thinking about Phil. And you know what's the worst part about it, bro? He's been a runner-up six times. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's actually there's one that goes down in history that he should have won. He was up. One at Pebble Beach. Yep. I think or something like that uh, out on out on the West Coast that uh, he uh, he should have like, like his tee shot he just sprayed it he should have been in battle I think that that was the one, um, but yeah that's heartbreaking but that's yeah sorry to tell bro. you bro I know you love Phil he, he he's he not winning he ain't winning he ain't this winning one. it's gonna be I mean it's gonna be interesting you got you know 
guys like you know Jordan Spieth, who've had a bounce back year. Um, you have a guy like Rory McIlroy, who you know found himself in the winners. Been playing recently. really well. He's been playing really well. He's kind of figured things out again. Uh, you, you can never count guys out like uh, Brooks Kepka, you know, from showing up in the major. You, obviously, you got to respect Kalamurakawa, the reigning champion. I mean, we, we go through this every time. You know, it's it's not a matter of who you like. It's a matter of, you know, just turn, who's on, hot. turn on the TV and watch it play out and unfold. Because on Sunday, these guys are pros, and it's anybody's anybody's tournament. For sure. In my day, it doesn't matter. Sunday is, what, is where, it's what, where it's at. For sure. And look, we've seen it, right? Because we've seen Dustin Johnson play well. We've seen, we've seen Justin Thomas play well in various stages this year. Right. Even back last year where they kind of had to finish some of the tournaments up due to COVID or whatever. We saw those guys playing well. So the field is really open. You know, there's not one guy who's like, oh, yep, clear favorite. Oh, yep. These guys, these two guys, absolute clear favorite. No, I feel like everybody who's in this tournament has a really good shot to win it. Yep. You know, mind you, you know, those guys like Phil, like we mentioned, who are there just to kind of like. Liven up the place, right? Hey, yeah, he, look might, at this he might have like a five make under a round, you He'll know, first day. He did it the other day. He went seven under, you know, one day made some noise and stuff, but he, you know, he just, he doesn't, like, that's what, that's what's scary, man. He, that he's so good. He'll go over to the PGA tour champions, which is, you know, all the senior tour and he'll go and he'll ball out there. Right. He'll, he'll clean house. Right. Right. But then he comes over to this, to the PGA tour, and it just shows you how refined these guys are and how much it's hard how much now, greater bro. a little mistake goes on to count, you know, against Absolutely. you. And, you know, it's 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 going to be – it's definitely going to be a, a difficult, you know, uh, tournament. I don't see a, anybody winning, you know, 20, 25 strokes under. Like this Hell no. Weekend, it's, a, it's a major. So they take pride in, in, you know, the course beating up the players or challenging them. Of course. Um, but I think it's going to be exciting. I think Colin Morikawa won last year at what six under? I think right. was the, was the win. So I could definitely see a single digit, you know, uh, winner in this. Who, if you had to pick one guy, who would you pick uh, for this year? Yeah. Um, for going into this tournament, I I think I think I like Rory, man. I I'm not a big Rory guy. I think uh, uh, all my friends know that I'm not the biggest you know Rory fan. But I I really like where he's at, where his game is at right now, going into this. And he's won it before. He's been in those big moments. So I could definitely see him taking it. How about you? Well, for me, you know, I, I don't really have favorites and stuff like that. But uh, I think I'm going to go with, man, I kind of want to go with the kid from Happy Gilmore. But <laughs> Zalatoris yeah, has been on fire, he's man. He's been on fire, but not on this tournament, you know. Um, I think Zalatoris has been on fire. I'm going to go with Patrick off, Reed. He's coming off that, that, that second place. Uh, in uh, in the Masters, you know, he recently had a hole in one. I think he he placed top five again, or maybe even another runner up in another tournament. He's been he's been on fire. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to change your answer? I'm from sure. the Worst guy. He's in gonna golf be my dark to, horse to the hottest guy in golf right now. No, I got really feel- hate. I really hate Patrick Reed. I, I know, know you. Do. I don't know if you know that. I know you do. You've said it many a times. Okay, I just want. But to I just feel like no, I hate that. Scumbag. I know he's he's due. I don't think so, man. I, I, he's a great player in his own right, but. Uh, He's not your guy. I, he's not my guy. I'm just okay. There's no way, man. I can't even say that. I hate that guy. It's okay, bro. I but can't believe you would do that to me. I feel personally attacked <laughs> that you would bring up his name on this podcast. Because just how mad, you, how mad you'll be fucking next week. <laughs> oh, I won't talk. I'm not showing up. You better get another producer. I'm not showing oh, up if that guy wins. You're there goes my golf, golf invite for like the next two that's, months. That's it, dude. We're not Easy. playing it good. Easy. But no, nah, hell yeah, man. Thursday, it uh, it, it all starts, starts. Thursday. Uh, coverage usually starts to like right around midday on the Golf Channel if you guys are interested. Uh, so check that out. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to be tuned in. Let's go, Patrick. <laughs> get the hell out of here with that. But anyways, but hey, before we get out of here, we got to we gotta update everybody on the Marlins. What, yeah, what's we, we got to do this. Um, I want to give a special little shout out to the Marlins. Not because of, you know, how bad or good they've been playing. Um, again, I want to, I want to give them a shout out because they've been entertaining, man. You know, they've been really entertaining. They, they always find a way to bounce back. Um, you know, they ended up splitting the series against Arizona, which was four games. It was good to see them bounce back. And Arizona take two games. wins the first two, I think. Yeah. And they won the first two and, and then we the bounced second. back. Yep. Then we went on the road again, continued the road streak and play LA three times. And we lost two of those games. Granted, they have amazing pictures over there yeah. in Dodger City, you know? Yeah, you um, got Clayton Kershaw just hanging out over there in the dugout right, trying right, to carry right, right. six balls in one hand successfully. Casually. Did you see that? Yeah. How crazy is Casually. that? Casually. Um, but 
our pitcher, who ended up, I think, uh, I don't know if he won that game against Arizona or it was against the Dodgers, but Trevor Rogers, man. Trevor Rogers has been on a freaking tear. 5-2 and two on the season, 1.84 ERA, leading the team in strikeouts, leading the team in wins. Like, this is a guy that needs more attention. Yeah. He needs more attention, you know? So if you don't follow Trevor Rogers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, he may be boring, whatever, but give that guy some some love because he's really out here balling, and he's not one of the names that we thought were going to be a stud pitcher for the Marlins. Okay. Granted, it's still early in the season, right? But he's has seven decisions and mostly wins, which is great. And him being a lefty is even better because, like, those guys are rare to come by, you know? Right. So him him being our best pitcher right now is really dope to see. I really enjoy when he pitches. I actually tune in to him now because, again, I'm a fan. Yeah, I've, you, I've become you, a fan. You want to see the games that he's pitching. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah dude. Because I want to see if he can I mean, that's, it up. What, that's what good performances do. You know, you want to see that. You know, you want to see a win. And right now he, he's more likely to get us the dub than any other pitcher on our team. Bro, he's got a quarter of the wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on. We got 18 wins on the season right now. We're 18 and 22, and Trevor Rogers has five of them. It's huge. Talk to my guy. Huge. <laughs> you know, we got to give this guy some love. Absolutely. And, and I also want to shout out Jesus Aguilar. Cause yes, sir. He's been really. Big boy. The big boy's really been bringing the, the offensive power. Don't get me wrong. We've had great nights from, like, Barati and great nights from everybody else. You know, we've seen it. But as far as consistency has gone, Aguilar has been the most consistent bat that we've had in our lineup. You know, there was at one point where he's reached base, where he reached base in 18 of our road games. It's pretty sick, Solid. you know, and 17, 17, he hit safely in. So he's getting on base. Yep. And he, that's just turns into production, which we talked about in the preview for the season of the Marlins. You know, how are they going to be able to manufacture runs? We're not going to be a home run hitting team all the time, but we're going to have guys who can do that sparingly, but we're not going to be those, that team. We got to find ways to produce runs, and this team is finding it out. And for a guy like him who's supposed to be a quote-unquote slugger, right, getting on base, taking walks, taking hitting singles, hitting little doubles, whenever, just hitting is huge for us. It's huge. And it's huge for him, too, because, you know, I was reading some shit that he's being mentioned in, like, MLB trade rumors because if you need a first baseman or if you need a catcher, he can hook you up because, you know, not a lot of teams have that player where he's really good offensively and not a liability defensively and Aguilar's definitely falls under that category um so I just wanted to shout out those two guys specifically and hopefully that the Marlins continue to keep it close man look four games on the 500 if you tell me we're at that with 40 games on the season I'll take that are we playing right now while we're recording this no we're off we're off tonight we're off uh, we're off Monday we start the series against Philadelphia on Tuesday okay so by the time you're hearing this, we're, we're still on the, the road. Against still on the road. On the still, road. still on the road. You know, we're, we're going to be on the road. What's uh, Philly's record? Do you have that? No, I don't have it off the top of I'll my pull, head. I'll pull it up for you. I think I got, I got it right here. But go ahead. You were saying? Philly's 21 and 20. 13 okay. and 6 at home. Marlins 10 and 13 on the road, which is not bad. Again, for a young team trying to figure it out. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Could be, could be a lot worse. Could be a lot worse. We've seen it be a lot worse. So you got to be really happy with this Marlins fan. If you're a real, real, real Marlins fan, you got to be really happy. And you got to be watching these guys because they're giving you stuff to watch. It's not like the Marlins are 6 and freaking 30, 34, you know, where the season's pretty much already over. No, we're in it. Yeah. You know, we're in it. One, one, thing, one thing I wanted to ask you a little bit unrelated to how we're tracking and how we're doing, but something that just came out today actually was – the new uniforms that are yes, coming up. bro. How, how do you how are you feeling? How are you feeling these right now? I'm Hell kinda, yeah, I'm kind of digging these uniforms. Hell yeah. Let me tell you, I know a little bit about the history on this Sugar Kings because there okay, was put me on real quick. There was a lot of um, you know, Hispanic leagues popping off in that time, and there were a lot of Negro leagues around that time too. So you had a lot of star baseball talent in South Florida all in the 50s, 30s, and 60s, and all that that era, you know? And from, you know, we had a lot of immigrants coming in from all over the place, but mainly Cuba, and obviously we know the, the, the love of baseball that those Caribbean islands have, right? Yep. Man, those Cuban teams were pretty freaking good, and they won a bunch of tournaments, they beat a bunch of teams, they would play like the Yankees and this and that, and the Red Sox, and, you know, that back that when there wasn't like big baseball or there wasn't a league or anything like that where everybody was in the same pot, you know, you had all these little different leagues going on. And the Marlins decided to do something really cool um, to 
kind of shout out Miami's history, you know, and bring back those uniforms. The For those who don't know, the Sugar Kings, they were a AAA team from the International League, which is, like I said, one of those leagues that were all over the place in, in South Florida from 50, right. 1954 to 1960, bro. Wow. Yeah, man. Deep history. Before our, our parents' time. Deep, deep, deep history. And, you know, they had these real bright red uniforms. They had a funny, like, you know, mascot and stuff like that. And the Marlins are bringing it back. If you get a chance, check out the Marlins website. You're going to be able to order all that stuff. Yeah, so they're already, I think they're Nike, too. Nike's yeah, the one making Nike, the jerseys. So Nike, the jerseys look clean, Absolutely, man. bro. Look how clean uh, that is, The hat, is, bro. too. The hat. I mean, we're Come looking on. at it right now. I, I'm going to A nice Miami print in the I'll front. I'll be able to edit in a little picture into this video. We'll figure it out. So, But, yeah, it's it's super dope. If you haven't had the chance to look up Miami Marlins, uh, Sugar Kings uniforms. Yeah, man. It's, it's badass, man. It's I'm, badass. I'm, we're going to be playing. I think we're playing the Mets, actually, and they're going to be wearing their throwbacks. It's going to be badass, bro. It's going to be badass. So, again, Marlins doing fun things. Fun things for the fans because they know that they need to invest in us. So, um, buy now while the stock is cheap, yep. like that Dodge coin. Yep. You know? Buy, buy the dip. Buy the dip, you know? And, and really buy in on the Marlins because they're going places, man. I really feel that. I really oh, feel yeah. that. Let's go fish. Let's go fish, man. But, um, yeah, Jay, it's time to wrap up the episode, bro. It's about that time. It's about that time. Episode 36 is in the books. I think we killed it again on this one. Absolutely. You know, we hit you guys with everything today. You had Dolphin. Uh, not Dolphin. That's, that's the one thing that's we That's the one thing have. we didn't hit. <laughs> Jesus. But we, had the point. we get the point. We yeah. hit them up with we everything. Had we had soccer. We had basketball. We had baseball. Man, MMA, Panthers. Golf. Everything. You know? Everything. You know? And, and as we continue to develop the show, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to find out more different topics. You know, we're working on having more guests, you know, professional and unprofessional guests, mm -hmm. um, just to kind of explore new opinions, new stuff and, and see what else is out there. Um, pretty soon I'm, I'm thinking about having an athlete join us. He's a local athlete. He's not that's, famous. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, your boy doesn't fine, know Ocho man. Cinco. I don't want people spreading rumors, you know, but we're going to have people who are a home team. B, doing big things in the city and and C, representing Miami the right way, how we want to be represented. So why not give them a platform to talk to you guys, the people who listen to sports podcasts and want to know about Miami and are interested in Miami yep. individuals. So we're going to make it happen for and you if, guys. And if you guys, the listeners, have anybody in mind that you want to hear us chop it up with, drop a comment. into the DMs or something, man. Just drop shoot us a, a message and let us know. You know, who you got in mind. I'm even thinking, I'm trying to convince Soso here. Possibly we do a little segment where we, you know, we open up the phone lines for a segment Bro, and get some no. people's commentaries and stuff. I'm still fighting no. for it. I want to hear from you guys, the listeners. You it's guys not gonna happen, are guys. listening to us. I want to hear from you guys. So I'm going to keep fighting for y'all. You want to drop a comment? Drop a comment. <laughs> drop a comment. And then we'll start there. All right. But um, I want to thank you guys for, for tuning into the episode. Without you guys, this is nothing. Um, me and Joel do the fun part where we get to come in and, and do some silly stuff. But uh, we know that you guys enjoy it. We enjoy it ourselves. And it's it's definitely progressing the way that we all wanted to progress. So yep. thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. It's super important. Make sure you guys are following us on social media. Make sure you guys are following the show on Twitter as well. We got YouTube videos coming for you guys pretty soon. And we're just going to keep it rolling. Right. Joel, shout man. out CIC, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out Appreciate to CIC, Appreciate you guys Miami. giving us this space. We're going to be moving around inside this building. We're going to take it over every floor. Wait till you guys see the view that we got lined up for you guys, man. But like I said, keep tuning in. Keep subscribing. Drop a review if you like the show. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Let them know. What do we got to do? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. We got to tell a friend. Tell another friend. To tell another friend about this dope-ass podcast. That's this right, is a baby. Miami sports podcast. It's not anywhere else on the market. Trust me, I've looked, okay? You guys keep tuning in. Keep spreading the word. Keep spreading that, that positive vibe. And trust me, we're going to make it work for you guys, all right? So until next time, everybody. Peace. peace.